So we are developing new packaging materials, new light mint materials, new composite materials with better properties, lighter, smarter, easier, whatever. So they bring a lot of innovation in our daily life. Welcome to Broman Circular Table Talks. Circularity is the best, if not the only way, to decouple growth from the use of resources. We want to discuss about what it means to turn linear industries into circularity and explore the field of innovative solutions with promising potential for your business. This is how we at Groman want to sell chemicals to save the planet, together with you. Welcome to this session about designing circularity in plastics, live from K-Show 2022, organized by Grohmann Group. My name is Florian Grohmann, CEO at Grohmann, and today I'm your moderator. I'm very pleased to host Isabel de Schriever, R&D manager at Centex Bell VKC. Welcome, Isabel. So good to have you with us. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Could you introduce to our audience quickly Centex Bell VKC? Yes, Centex Bell is the competence center in Belgium working for the Belgium textile and plastic processing industry. So we are a research institute trying to help our companies. So we are as close as possible to our companies working on different aspects. So one aspect is doing research and innovation. So help them with developing of the new materials. We also have testing facilities available for them. We give some consult and training them just to be prepared of the years to come and to be prepared for all the questions they would receive. Great. So what is Centex Bell uh, VKC working on uh, in terms of circular solutions for plastics? Circularity is already a topic that we have been studying for quite some time. Yeah, I imagine. Um, it started all with first mechanical recycled materials coming back to be identified. But now we involved going more to the more complex materials, finding solutions. So we are also having their different domains. On one aspect, we are doing some research ourselves, starting from a quite fundamental level. Okay, we have complex materials. How can we separate them, for instance? Up till, okay, how can do we do the testing of the recycled materials? How can we standardize? Because also this is a very important question. How can you prove your material contain recycled content? So also this is for us a very important topic. We also give trainings to the companies, uh, starting from very easy sessions where we try to demonstrate the newest technologies that are on the market up to organizing really uh, on-demand questions, solutions for our different companies. We are also organizing conferences. Uh, there is one that we organize now next month on circularity of textiles and plastic materials. So we try to give as much as possible information to our companies and helping them to find so solutions for their materials. Great. So you have a quite broad view on the plastics industry. Yes. What are the major challenges when looking at the value chains? Um, I think there are different challenges. One important challenge is to have enough volumes. Yeah. Uh, so to have a collection of different materials that we see uh, very important now. Like, for instance, if you take the plastic bottles, we do have the systems in place. So this goes quite well. But if you talk about other waste streams like textiles, we see we have a lot of more challenges. If you have, first of all, a collection system, the second important challenge, I think, is to bring 
uh, a good separation technology, cleaning and separation. Uh, because, of course, the higher demand, the higher value, we need some cleaning, we need some purification. I already mentioned we have multi-layered materials. Okay, how can we collect them, but also how can we separate those materials? I think this is a very important challenge because for the easy materials, probably we have already some nice solutions, but for the more complex materials, we're still lacking them. So, and if we go more specifically, what are the top three challenges to overcome in order to dramatically broaden the percentage of effectively recycled plastics? I think the first important one is again collection, improve of collection. Mm -hmm. Second one is that we should do more research on that cleaning and separation technology because what we see now is most of these technologies are still on lab scale, maybe on pilot scale, but it needs to be grown until an industrial scale. And the last one, and a very important one, I don't think we should play it on a regional level, but we should play it on a European level, because we will not have the solutions just by doing it locally. We will need to work together and play as one European Union and there build a system. So this was the technical cycle, looking at the biodegradable plastics before going to biodegradation. Would it be more economical, uh, if they first re-enter the technical cycle, um, is that, does it make sense and, and how could this be managed? I think first important thing here is to clearly decide what is my aim of my final product. If you would say I have like a tea filter or a coffee filter that is contaminated with your tea and coffee, it would make sense to go to biodegradable products. You just make your coffee tea, you throw it away in your compost at home, it would make sense. But for a lot of other materials, you should really think about it because then you should say, okay, I don't want to have a biodegradable material. I just want to have a durable material. And then it's a question, what should you choose? Um, I think, of course, the bioplastic have an important role in our society and they will grow for sure. But we should also find a decent way to recycle them because it doesn't make sense to put a durable application into a compost and take into account that not all materials are compostable. Uh, we should be very uh, aware of this fact that not all bioplastics are also biocompostable, biodegradable. So you should have, first of all, a good choice of those materials. And then the important route, I think, we should also have some recycled schemes for those as well. Um, and avoid that they get into conflict with the currently used polymers, because I also had some discussions here today. Uh, there are some good routes already existing to put some biopolymers back to the monomer and to really recycle them. But if they're mixed with classically used materials, you can't recycle them. So also this will be a very important topic for the future. If you bring bioplastics on the market, you should also have the right collection schemes there in place to really make sure that you are only collecting those bioplastics. Absolutely. So um, uh, let's look at the, the, the basic circle loops. Um, uh, reuse, mechanical recycling, chemical recycling. Mm -hmm. uh, when are they suitable and what are their limits and drawbacks? Can you just uh, reflect a little bit on this one? Most important thing, I'd, you should start with reusing. That would make sense if you look also at the triangle of recycling. 
first step is to reuse. Of course, I can imagine not all materials you are reusable, so and not all people want to reuse them. But for instance, we did some project on a, a textile ma a mattress technology. It doesn't make sense to replace maybe your uh, to to recycle your full mattress. It's just your top layer. You can reuse it and, and reuse the rest of the mattress and just change your top layer. Why not? So there should be some solutions for that. They need to be put on the market, but they are most important things to do first. Once you have, it's not possible to reuse. I think most easy is still today to go to mechanical recycling. And also for us, that's a very important thing to do because your polymer has the value. You should keep the value as long as possible in your chain. So keep the polymer the as level. long as possible. Yeah. Mm. If this is not working, okay, you should go to chemical recycling and going back to monomer and try to repolymerize those materials. Um, I think mechanical recycling works very well if, again, if you have good collection schemes. Think about, again, the blue bag that we have put in place. We have your pet bottles coming back. You can easily recycle those pet bottles. Difficulty here, and that brings us to another issue, is what about food contact applications? Exactly. Um, and pets bottles are, at this moment, the only material that can go back into food packaging. So then it would make sense to collect them, try to put them back into pet bottles, and not to make textile fibers out of it, which is done now. We should reuse them as pet bottles. But for other materials, it's not possible yet. Uh, so then the only solution is, okay, you can mechanically recycle them, but maybe not to the application for which it was used. You should find another application. Uh, do an open loop recycling. That's, of course, still possible. But we need to avoid that we just dump recycled material, let's say, in another material where it can stay for years. We should really have this added value of the polymer. So chemical recycling is then the last... And chemical uh, recycling, in my opinion, it will go hand in hand. Eh? We yes. will have some solutions where it is needed to go to the chemical recycling. And especially if you think about the more complex materials, multi-layered materials, combination of different structures, maybe chemical recycling should really focus on those materials. Because if you have the nice separate late waste streams, you can easily go to the mechanical. But if you have the very complex materials, I think we should focus more on the chemical recycling. But this is not done today. Eh? No. So also the chemical recycling is really putting nice waste streams and it has proven their, their use, but still on pilot scale. Uh, I think we should put a lot of efforts there and go into an industrial scale and especially for the more complex materials. Yeah. At Grolman, besides targeting uh, net zero emissions and... Uh, uh, total circularity by um, 2050. We're committed to contribute to the 2030 Sustainable Development Goals of the United Nations. In particular, uh, for plastics, we are focusing on SDG um, 9, 12, and 13. Um, in your opinion, how can plastics contribute to SDG 9 before your answer, let me just quickly for our audience um, uh, explain what SDG 9 is. Uh, it's about industry innovation and infrastructure. So build a resilient infrastructure, promote inclusive and sustainable industrialization and foster innovation. So um, 
What is your opinion on, on SDG 9? In, in fact, plastics are quite new materials. If you look back in history, they only started up after Second World War. True. So I think they are still very innov innovative materials because it's just 100 years ago we didn't have any plastics. But they play a very important role because if you look at materials, plastics are saving lives. Plastics are reducing energy consumption because if you have your car, 20, 30 years ago, if you compare with the cars being built now, they are much lighter. You use a lot of less fuel uh, to drive the same car. So plastic materials are innovative materials. So I think also if you look at the next coming years, a lot of innovation is being done there. So we are developing new packaging materials, new light materials, new composite materials with better properties, lighter, smarter, easier, whatever so they bring a lot of innovation in our daily life i think great so next is sdg 12 uh this is uh modeled on responsible consumption and production so to ensure sustainable consumption and production patterns uh um end of life say circularity um how can plastics contribute to that I think plastics will have been put maybe a little bit in a negative daylight there because you have the all the history of the plastic soup. Uh, so a lot of people think plastics are bad when it comes to consumption because we are just using them once, we are throwing them away. Uh, but also there, I think it's very important. Um, we should go more to the sustainable reuse of those materials. So not try to throw them away just after once being used. We should find a solution to put them as long as possible in a circular chain. I think what I mentioned before, the pet bottles that are now going, able to go back to food contact applications, that's already a very important gain because we can put them really in a circular chain, uh, promoting the circular reuse of those materials. So that's, I think, very important to continue focusing on. Uh, do not throw them away because this is something we don't want to see anymore, but to put them really in a value chain, uh, working together over the full value chain to recycle, to recuperate the material, knowing what is those materials being used. That's also very important uh, because you can start maybe from a polymer producer, but then you have a full value chain. So information might get lost. Very important to know over this value chain what is the material, what can we do with it, end of life. Exactly. And and uh, as you said, we also had some connecting discussions here on the show, is especially the end application uh, can is important and the behavior of people, which will then decide on how to choose the yes, path of yes, circularity. Yeah? Because in the past we had a... Even we, we, we had a lot of contact with companies and when we were saying, okay, you can use a recycled material, they often didn't want to because they had a very negative image. Yeah. No, no, because recycled would mean I have bad quality. Mm. But I think today we have proven that you have recycled material, but even as good properties as the virgin materials. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just a question of knowing and getting to know those materials yeah. and know where they are coming from. Exactly. And finally, SDG 13 uh, is a call to climate action. So take urgent actions to combat climate change and its impacts. Um, CO2 reduction mm -hmm. is a very important part of this. Would you share your thoughts about the possible actions that research institutes like yours 
um, and all those companies who work in the plastic industry um, could do in this for the SDG 13. Of course, the CO2 reduction, that's one a very important aim we all want to do. Uh, if you look at just reusing of plastic materials, okay, if you can avoid certain steps like starting from crude oil, do the full distillation step, you can re reduce a lot of CO2 emissions. Of course, when you're recycling, you will also consume some energy. We will also have some CO2 emissions there. But I think it's always finding the right balance. And that's very important and also a very important trigger for us. Uh, just to know we are doing a lot of LCAs analysis on those materials and just studying, okay, what is the best thing to do? Because it might be that for certain application you would say, okay, it would make sense to go to bio-based because I can reduce this and this and this. For other applications, we might find, okay, why not going for recycled materials? But it's always important to do the full cal calculation and to the full LCA study because each individual additive that you might add to your material will play an important role. And also there, I think we are doing a lot of projects also on additives because you might be able to recuperate some additives out of the recycled materials to reuse them. And then I think about the very special additives that you are difficult or there there are maybe elements that are difficult to find, some antimony, for instance, Okay, why we can recuperate them maybe out of the old materials. Titanium dioxide, we're also having project ongoing on the recuperation of titanium dioxide so that you could reuse those materials. So if you go look at the full picture of climate change, you should also not only focus on the plastics as such, but also on all the other additives that are being used in those materials. Exactly. And as you said before, it needs to be recoverable. Uh, and should not end up in uh, rivers no, and oceans. Huh? No, indeed. Yeah. And then also looking at REACH legislation, because it might be that you take back some old materials that are containing some additives that are now forbidden under REACH legislation. And unfortunately, what we do see now that a lot of those materials are just going to incineration. But then you're also incinerating not only that additive that is non-risk compliant, but also the valuable polymer. So also there, there's some work ongoing, trying to extract those additives, replace them with a new additive that is acceptable on the REACH legislation, but then you can reuse your polymer. Just get rid of the bad additives that was being used in the past. Thanks, Isabel, for, for this valuable insight. We know that achieving, achieving the SDGs is quite a path. And reaching net zero emissions and total circularity will even be a longer journey. A variable this we should not underestimate, of course, is the cost factor. Price effectiveness often uh, constitutes one of the toughest hurdles towards sustainability. So the big question related to real life uh, discussions we have here mm -hmm. on K-Show, can sustainability be affordable for the plastics industry and for citizens, also for the consumer. Difficulty there is that plastics are very cheap materials. If you compare them with other materials, if you have metals, you have high prices for metals. If you have plastics, plastic used to be one euro a kilogram, so it's a very cheap material. This is a very huge challenge when it comes to recycled material, because of course, if you need to recycle them, it would mean you need some steps. All those steps will cost money. 
And to be honest, you often end up with a price that's higher than virgin material. In the past, this was a huge challenge because a lot of people, they just wanted to use virgin material because they are quite sure about the properties and it's cheaper. What we do see now is that more and more people see the benefit of using recycled materials. They're also obliged in certain applications because recycled content needs to be added. And this will bring an economy. Um, it will take some time. And of course, plastic and each processing will cost money, but I think we should find a balance. And that also recycled materials will have a similar price than the virgin materials, and that people are really choosing for the right way or the right set message to really buy some recycled materials. But I'm quite convinced indeed today, it's not always that easy because recycled materials are often costing you more than You can feel the change here also on the but show, indeed, I think. Yeah. Indeed, if you just look at certain holes or, or certain boots, the use of recycled materials is really being promoted. Uh, it's not only here, but I think we are also working a lot for the textile industry. Also there, the questions are really popping up uh, to really reuse even recycled materials coming back from textiles to reuse them back into textile materials. So I think there's still a way to go, but I do believe in it that we will increase the volumes. Now, another topic around this is some circular business models are not yet self-standing because uh, they are energy intensive uh, or complex logistics and long supply chain for uh, for medic uh, mechanical recycling energy need for pyrolysis processing etc which brings us to the the next question because energy has a direct influence on cost and, and pricing too closing the loop is not just about the products um, or solutions or applications, um, but also about the energy and about dropping down to net zero, um, the related emissions of that. Um, is it too early or are there already suitable solutions from renewable energy? Plastic conversion will also need, you will need energy. That's for sure. There are some alternatives popping up, indeed, to reuse waste materials as a kind of input material, to reuse other types of materials. Um, but we should also put it a little bit into perspective, I think. Because if you take, for instance, a PET bottle and you compare it with a glass bottle, do you know which energy is needed to prepare this glass bottle? It's even much higher than the same energy that is being used for the plastic bottle. So it's I think here the question is just putting into perspective. And then plastics, like I already mentioned, they don't always have this positive image uh, because a lot of people think from, okay, it's plastic, it will become waste, so it's bad. But I think we should change that image because plastic, it's a polymer. It's a valuable material. We can reuse this material. So it's just putting it in the right message. If you take, for instance, paper, is that good about energy? Because if you just have your paper being produced, a tree has to be chopped. Okay, the tree can be replanted, but you will reuse your paper in a much faster way than the time is needed to regrow that tree. So it's all here a little bit put into perspective. Yeah. Again, this uh, observation of what's the application, what's the end of life, what's the behavior of the people. And probably yeah. here at, at, at the fair, most people do understand this message. 
but if I, we talk with a lot of people that are not fully into this plastic business, just do it at home with the regular consumers, they will say, you know, plastics, they are bad. But they don't, they forget that those plastics, they have brought a lot of added value in their life because we can't think a life without plastics anymore. Just when you wake up until you go sleeping, everything around us is plastics, but people don't see that because they don't know what is plastic and they just see it as like a waste material. But they bring a lot of added values. We won't have cars without plastic. We will not have, let's say, the windmills that bring green energy. They are plastic materials. They're composite, but they are plastic materials. So they bring a lot of positive green things. But of course, we will need some energy. But it's about safe reusing, trying to find a decent way of collecting them, recycle them, and that will bring a lot of added value. And again, connected to this is also what can we do to shorten the supply chains uh, and to foster the so-called locally made or, or zero uh, kilometer? Um, how can this be possible in, in plastics? I don't think zero kilometer will be possible, um, to be honest. But of course, like what we have been doing in the past, we also need to avoid this. Uh, collect plastic materials, transport it to China to recycle. That's something we can't do anymore. I think we should keep it as much as possible close by. Each kilometer that you can reduce, of course, transporting this plastic waste material, each kilometer that we can reduce has some added value. But coming back to one of the topics we discussed before, you need some volumes, so you can't do it locally. So probably you need to go to certain collection points to bring this volume together, because otherwise it will economically not be feasible to do it. So also here, null kilometers I don't believe, the zero kilometers I don't believe, uh, but it's the same with other materials. If you think about aluminium, the aluminium ore is not coming from Europe. If you take hardwood, it is not coming from here in the area. So also there, the materials need to be brought into Europe. Uh, in plastics, we do have the advantage that we do have them in Europe. Let's keep them as long as possible in Europe and then build up a system here. Like you said, there's cooperation needed yes. also within Europe. But it's also the value chain is very important. And that's something I think there's still a lot of work to do. Uh, because there's often now a mismatch between the demands of the really end users and the material supply. So those really should understand their needs, expectations, and maybe with some small changes in their mentality, huge difference could be made. Great. So coming to a conclusion, what is the one thing uh, people in our industry, the plastic industry, should start doing to approach circularity in your opinion? That's of course a difficult question, but I think if you're going to circularity, very important is to understand your materials. And if you understand your materials, your needs, you can be much more flexible maybe than what you're now. Because typically what we do see is people are used to work with this material and they just have their data sheets and they're just, I, I want to have the same. But no, maybe with a little bit more flexibility, you're able to use recycled materials. So better understand your process and your material can help to have much more recycled materials being put on the market. 
Right. Isabel, thank you so much for joining us. Um, You're welcome. It was such precious insights. Um, Isabel Destrivers from Centex Bell uh, VKC. Uh, hope to meet you soon again. Thanks for being with us. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you for joining Roman Circular Table Talks. We hope that we could share some interesting perspectives with you. And if you have an interesting idea on how to approach circularity in your business, or if you face a hurdle, please come and talk to us. We at Roman want to sell chemicals to save the planet, together with you.